weeks before, we started the sermon series on strange and weird life challenges. Strange and weird life challenges. In the first week, we said, even though fear is not strange and unusual, God doesn't want us to live in fear. In the second week, we asked the question, is it strange to feel useless? Third week, we asked another question saying, is it strange to get frustrated? And the fourth week, we asked another question saying, you know, is it, is it strange to get tempted? Last week, we asked, is it strange to feel rejected? And we said the feeling of rejection is not uncommon. Even though the feeling of rejection is painful, our God had already experienced it in his life. And who is able to reverse every feeling of rejection into a blessing? If you are willing to remove those bitterness and the feeling of rejection from your heart, and if you are willing to submit those things to God, our God is able to reverse those causes, reverse those feelings of rejection, reverse those bitterness from our inside of us and turn it into a blessing for you and for your family. Today, we are going to ask the final question in this series. Is it strange to feel lonely? If you can repeat that with me, is it strange to feel lonely? Loneliness and social isolation are two major challenges of mankind. If you can see the next slide, loneliness is a feeling of being just all alone. Regardless of, amount, of the amount of social connections that we may have today, we are talking about two terms, loneliness and isolation. Loneliness and social isolation. Loneliness is a feeling of just being alone. Regardless of the number of social connections that you may have, I may have today. But social isolation is just a lack of connection. You're not connected with anybody at all. A report from the National Academics of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine that points out that more than one-third of adults aged 45 and older feel lonely. More than one-third, that simply means one out of three, feel lonely today if you're aged 45 and older. And nearly one-fourth of the adults aged 65 and older are considered to be totally isolated. They don't have any connection at all to the rest of the world. You know, this is a major problem. This is a major crisis the world is dealing with today. And this has been increasing every day and every minute in the lives of people. More than one-third of adults over 45 and 45 feel lonely. Nearly one-fourth of the population of age 65 and above, they don't have any connection with the rest of the people. I remember when we were living in Fredericton in New Brunswick, we were visiting a senior home. And that senior home has 250 plus beds. And every week we take time to go and visit those residents. And there was a, there was a chaplain. And he told us, that he could give us names of 40 people 
They are living in that senior home. They don't have a single visitor coming and visiting them in the whole year. 40 residents living in that senior home, they don't even have one visitor coming in the whole year to visit them. And he gave us the list of 40 beds, 40 people, 40 rooms, and we went and knocked. And you know what? Some of them opened their door. And we could spend time with them, pray with them, and encourage them. You know, just as an amazing ministry that we could do at that point of time in our lives. And this morning we are talking about loneliness. That is a pandemic more than coronavirus that is taking control over the lives of people. And this morning we are asking a question. Is it strange to feel lonely? Is it strange to feel lonely? Older adults are certainly at the risk of loneliness and social isolation, you know, because they probably, you know, they are facing certain challenges that only older people can understand. They are living in such a time, probably they would have lost their family members already. They would have lost their friends already. They may be going through a chronic illness that put them in isolation in a bed. Or sometimes they, they just lost their hearing ability. They, they lost their eyesight. You know, because of various reasons, they are isolated. They are living in loneliness. Feeling of loneliness and isolation affect people of all ages. Even though predominantly it affects the people of, of more than 45 and 65, it affects every age group. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely, if I can get some feedback. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. <clears throat> it is possible to be alone and not feel lonely at all. It is possible to feel alone and not feel lonely at all. Likewise, it is also possible to be in the crowd and feel lonely. It is possible to be alone inside the room year after year and not feeling lonely. But it is also possible to be in the crowd, to be with the family, to be with the family members and friends, but lonely, but feeling lonely. Dr. Billy Graham, this is what he said, loneliness, if you can read that with me, this is what exactly he said, loneliness has never been a respecter of persons. The world's greatest artists, Writers and composers, kings and queens, carpenters and plumbers have experienced loneliness. Loneliness has never been a respecter of persons. The world's greatest artists, writers and composers, kings and queens, carpenters and plumbers have experienced loneliness all along in their lifetimes. It doesn't leave anybody. And today, as you are listening to me, it's not going to leave you. It's not going to leave you. Most of us, at some point of time or the other, we could say, I know about loneliness because it was inside of me, because it is inside of me. Sooner or later, it is going to knock every door. And you know what? We have to deal with it. When it comes in our lives, we need to deal with it. And this morning, you may not, going through, you may not be going through loneliness in your lives, but this morning, God wants you to know that there is going to be a time in your life you need to deal with it. That's the reason Bible talks about it. That's the reason God has given, given him so much of importance for loneliness, to deal with the loneliness. Loneliness cuts through, cuts across all the ages. You know, at times it is a very depressive condition. 
very serious enough that it can cause certain health risks to your life and to my life. Not only that, it is even adverse that it can take lives out of the face of this earth. There are deaths getting reported every day. People dying because of loneliness. This morning we are talking about a deadly enemy that is working against mankind. And God wants us to know that there is a strong evidence that social isolation and loneliness put at the age 50 and elder, older, at risk of severe heart conditions and various other diseases. So in addition to causing depression and many of the mental illnesses, loneliness is also a major factor that causes heart diseases. Type 2 diabetes, arthritis, they are the predominant diseases among those diseases that could be caused by loneliness. Loneliness and social isolation also put people at increased risk, people are at increased risk of dementia and Alzheimer's diseases. The state of chronic illnesses may trigger very adverse psychological responses in people that can increase the production of stress hormones and that, that can cause sleepless nights and eventually the immunity can be weakened. We are talking about a deadly situation, if we can get some feedback. We are talking about the deadly situation that we are dealing with today on the face of this earth. The state of chronic illnesses may trigger adverse psychological responses at times. And that can be deadly. That can easily take the lives out of the face of this earth. When more than one third of the adults, listen to me this morning, more than one third of the adults are going through the feeling of loneliness. And when everybody is affected with a syndrome that makes them to feel totally isolated, the answer to the question this morning, is it strange to feel lonely? It's an obvious no. It's an obvious no. It's not strange to feel lonely. It's not strange to feel lonely at all. I go through it. You go through it. One third of the population on the face of this earth is going through this. And this morning, God is speaking to you. Number one, loneliness is not God's choice. Loneliness is not God's choice. Even though we talk about loneliness this morning, I want you to know that loneliness is not from God. Loneliness is not God's choice. This morning as I speak, I know for sure some of you, those who are listening to me right now, you deal with that situation of loneliness in your life. You ask God, Lord, why am I feeling alone? Why I feel that there is nobody that could connect with me? I'm just left all alone. And this morning I believe God is speaking to you. Loneliness is not God's choice when God created Adam and Eve. In the Garden of Eden, God knew that being alone was not good. And so he made a partner for Adam. We read that in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make you a helper suitable for him. 
God said to Adam, I will make you a helper suitable for him because God knew that man could not be alone. God's choice for man was not leaving him alone in the Garden of Eden. Instead, he had to make a suitable partner for him. That's what exactly God did. You know, it is the biggest lie today. It is the biggest lie of the enemy today. If, if people say that God wants people to live in loneliness, God wants people to live alone. It is the biggest lie. No man is an island. God wants us to live together. God wants us to get connected. God wants us to live with, live with each other in the context of relationship with other people. Can you imagine a life without your parents? Can you imagine a life without your spouses? Can you imagine a life without your children? Can you imagine your life without your siblings, without your church friends and your workmates? Can you ever imagine such a life of being just alone, all alone, that eventually automatically gives you, brings you to loneliness and depression? This morning we are talking about a deadly enemy. Want to read Colossians chapter 3 verse 14, reading from NIV. Paul says, and over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Paul is talking about more than everything, more than all your devotion, more than all your sacrifices, more than anything that ever you could do for God, anything you can do to bring your spirituality, more than all these things. First Corinthians, as he mentioned in First Corinthians chapter 13, here Paul writes in chapter 3 of Colossians verse 14, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You and I are made to live together. This is the will of God. Loneliness is not God's choice at all. Jesus not only understands our loneliness, he also destroyed it. Jesus not only understood our loneliness, listen to me, but he also destroyed it. Paul writes this saying, that very beautiful scripture, once we were alienated, now we are the members of the house of God. Once we are foreigners, we were foreigners. Now we are the members of the house of God. And if you can read continually, you know, Paul talks about great things about, you know, being together, being, living in unity. And he says, Jesus came and he removed the separation. Shall we read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19? Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now I want to define here who's the household of God. And he says beautifully, you are no longer strangers, we are no longer foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I just want to dwell here for, for a moment. When you receive Christ, your loneliness is removed because you are not alone. You are a member of the household of God. You may be living all alone, but you don't need to feel lonely because do you know that there, is, there are other members in your, in, in your household? There are other family members in your household? You are not just only a citizen in the kingdom of God. You are also a member of the household of God. That means a family. If you can go to the next slide. That's simply, this is what I understand from the scripture. It doesn't really matter whether we are a Lutheran 
It doesn't really matter whether we are Baptist or Presbyterian or Anglican or a Pentecostal or a Jew or a Gentile or a white or a black or a brown, whatever it may be. It doesn't really matter. We are all of one family. We are all of one family. There are many doors as you see there. There are many doors through which people enter. And they enter and they find only one door. I am the door. That is Jesus there are many doors through, it doesn't matter. We open up as many doors as possible. Open as many churches as possible. It doesn't really concern us. It doesn't really concern me. When there are more churches coming into the city, it doesn't matter. All the roads should lead to Jesus. Not to Rome, but to Jesus. Because he said, I am the door. And that's the main door that you see there in red color. And that door, if you open that backside of the door, that door opens you, opens into a family of God, into the household of God. That's how I understand Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. That now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Come through any door that is opened as long as that is pointing you to Jesus. But you are now, once you go through the only door who said I am the door that is Jesus Christ. Once you go through that door, you enter. And when the door is opening up in the back side of the door, as you enter through the door at the front side, you see cross. Because that's where he died. At the back side of the door, you see the open tomb. That's where he rose from the dead. And through the open door, which you see behind the cross, the open door, through the open door that you see, you will be taken into the family of God, the household of God. Ephesians 2.19 Church cannot divide people based on denomination based on race, based on color, based on nationality. We are all one family of God. Denomination is man-made. Family is God-made. Denomination is man-made. Race is man-made. But family is God-made. This morning, God is calling you to be part of that family. It doesn't matter where we worship the Lord. We are part of that one family. Your affiliation with the denomination must be a doorway Leading people to come to the main door that opens up to the family of God. When you enter through the front door, you see the denomination. They behave different. They worship different. They speak different. They dress up different. It's all good. As long as they are able to point you to the main door, to the only door called Jesus, because that is the only entrance to the mega family of God. And thank God we are already in that family. Don't you feel that we are a family? Don't you feel that we are a family? Don't you feel that you have a family when you are away from your own family? That's the family of God. That is the house of God. You belong to us. You belong to us. You are not alone. You are not neglected. It doesn't matter which part of the globe you are. As long as you are connected, as long as we, we, went, we both went through the same door, we are connected. It doesn't matter whether we have somebody, you have someone or not. God is with you. And the people of God is around you. Galatians chapter 3 verse 28. There is neither Jew. That's what is written there on top of the mega family. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus no importance to anybody 
whichever race they may be, whichever nation they belong to. As long as you are in the mega family of God, you are all one. That's what Galatians 3.28 says. This is the heart of God. This is the heart of God. Church, I want you to understand that this is the heart of God and this is the will of God. When church does not understand this, we are canceling or we are negating what Jesus did at the cross. Again, remember, denomination is man-made. But the family is God made. Let's move further. God is not the reason for your loneliness. Christ already broken the loneliness, destroyed the loneliness at the cross. And God is not the reason for your loneliness. Today, you are feeling lonely because of your circumstances. You are feeling lonely because of your environment. You are feeling lonely because of your attitude. There are certain events that are surrounding you today. They are beyond your control and they brought you into loneliness today. You never expected that such things would come in your family, but it came and you had no control. You absolutely had no control over it. And today you are feeling lonely. Imagine God is not a reason for your loneliness. Imagine the number of families and lives that are deserted. Because of the devastating aggression of this virus. Leaving families and individuals all alone in deep depression and loneliness. I, I'm sure the, the, the depression and loneliness curve is going to increase exponentially in the coming days. It is already 3.5 million lives have been taken out of the face of this earth. Just within a time of one year plus. 12,000 lives are perishing even today. 4,000 lives are perishing in India alone every day. Can you imagine the amount of loneliness and the amount of depression that is causing, that, that the current virus is causing to mankind? Not only to this generation, even to the next generation. You know, this is the crisis today. It's not just something which is easily can be understood and can be dealt with. Who is responsible for this? That's my question. Who has an answer for all these things? Who has an answer for this question today? Who will take control over the situation today? Is isolation God's choice for this generation? Is isolation God's choice for those who survived the deadly virus and lost their family members? I, I'm, giving, I'm giving an answer to this question. The answer is, the answer is, God, listen to me, God has nothing to do with what the world has gone through and the world is going through today. God has nothing to do with it. Remember, we are not living in a perfect place. We are living in a world that is damaged, where the system is broken already. We are separated from God because of our sin and because of our evil desires. In this world, we cannot expect the perfect life on this earth without loneliness and without even sorrow and evil and tears. We cannot expect a perfect world on the face of this earth on as long as we live here. But God has nothing to do with and by any reason, if you are blaming God for all the things that are happening today on the face of this earth, brother and sister, I want you to understand that God has nothing to do with it. 
But God doesn't want us to live in our loneliness. Because loneliness is not God's choice. That's what we are talking about. He is there to help us in our loneliness. Psalm 34 verse 18. Can we read that together? The Lord is... Just want you to focus on the highlights. The Lord is near to those. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And saves such as have a contrite spirit. The Lord is near. He's not leaving you as an orphan. He's not leaving you all alone. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I want you to notice that I will be with you. God is saying that my son, my daughter, my children of God, you're worrying, you're questioning why pastors died. Why so many evangelists lost their lives? Why so many believers lost their lives? And God is telling you that I don't have anything to do with it. I, 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 I'm, I'm helpless here because this is what you chose and this is what you deserved for your family and for your generation and the generation yet to come. But I am assuring you that I can be with you. I can be with you. When deadly diseases like cancer strikes our family, we have a question, Lord, why this is for my family? Again, God says, I don't have anything to do with that, my daughter, my son, but I can assure you that I will heal you. I can assure you that I will deliver you. I'm assuring you that I will be with you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. That's the promise of God. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And again, he says in Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2. But now says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. And verse 2, I want you to notice this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you in your loneliness, in your struggles, in your cry, in your sorrow, in your pain, in your pain and agony that you are going through within you. There is no reason why you are going through because you are feeling lonely. You feel so depressed this morning as you listen to me. And God is telling you this morning I will never leave you I will be with you even though you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow even though you walk through the fire you shall not be burned you know that part God can assure you that part God can assure for the child of God but why it is coming upon me there is no answer to that but once you get through it, God is with you. Once you come out of it, God is with you. You know, that is the promise of God. Children of God, I want you to pray for that. That God may be with you during the difficult times. Do not ask, do not question why it had happened to your family. Why I lost my children. Why my children went out of me. Why I'm all alone today. Why am I going through all these things? Why my spouse, you know, deserted me. I'm just living in, 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 in a very bad situation today. I financially, I'm not doing well health wise I'm not doing well emotionally I'm down this morning God is telling you that he is with you he's not having an answer why that happened there's no point in asking him keep on asking him that answer but he's telling you instead he is with you number two loneliness is not a bad thing first of all we said loneliness is not God's choice 
And now we are saying loneliness. It's not that bad as we say. Loneliness is not a bad thing. It all depends how do we deal with it. You know, as much as damage that loneliness could make to you, there are blessings and benefits loneliness that could bring in your life. And you will enjoy those blessings that comes out of the pain of going through loneliness. And you can still enjoy those blessings in your life if you handle that well. That's why God is speaking to you this morning. God wants you to handle your loneliness well. So that you will bring blessings as you come out of it. You will bring blessings. You will draw blessings from those moments in your life. And that's what we are going to talk about. Your loneliness is a kind of two-edged sword. It can either kill you or it can bless you. Your loneliness is kind of a two-edged sword. This morning, God wants you to make use of that sword very well, very carefully. Instead of running from loneliness, can you allow God to draw you closer to him so that he can bless you? Instead of running from loneliness, can you allow God to use that loneliness to draw you closer to him? I want you to read one scripture. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 from NIV. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed there. The lonely places help Jesus to connect with God. God can use your loneliness to bring positive changes <coughs> excuse me, in your life. Listen to me. God can bring positive changes in your life using your loneliness. Let's talk about it a little more. Your loneliness can help you Next slide. To achieve what you want to achieve in your life. Your loneliness can help you to achieve what you want to achieve in life. I'm thinking about the loneliness of the bleeding woman for 12 long years. Mark chapter 5 verses 25 to 34. Deal with it. We don't go there. I'm thinking about her right now. The woman who was bleeding for 12 long years. She was ceremonially unclean. She could not go to the temple and participate in the worship service as the other women do. She could not be in any public places as people could easily identify her because of her condition. Can you imagine the isolation that she lived with? Can you imagine the loneliness that she was handling within herself? There is no doubt that she was living in tremendous loneliness. But she was so desperate to come out of her loneliness. Listen to me. Her loneliness caused her to be determined. Only receiving her healing could take her, bring her out of the loneliness. So she was so determined. We are talking about loneliness can help you to achieve what you want to achieve in your life. And the only achievement that she wanted to achieve is to come out of her deadly sickness. And she decided to do whatever is needed to come out of that sickness so that she can come out of her loneliness. And suddenly it took great courage for her when she went and touched the hem of the garment of Lord Jesus Christ. Our loneliness can help you 
to achieve what you want to achieve if you handle it well. May it be a healing that you're looking for that is putting you lonely. May it be just advancing your career. You are not able to compare yourselves with your co-workers. You're not able to compare yourselves with your fellow students. You want to, you are so determined. You are, you feel lonely at times. You feel that you are left alone. Maybe it's life settlement. You are unable to settle in your life forever. Listen to me. Your loneliness is not a bad thing. Instead of worrying it, worrying about what had already happened, look for the best way to you that loneliness can offer you, best thing that loneliness can offer you. Look for the best way that you can come out of your loneliness. It's not strange to be lonely. Secondly, your loneliness can help you to define and to redefine your calling. Your loneliness can really help you to define and to redefine your calling. We are talking about loneliness is not a bad thing. Can you imagine the 40 years of loneliness Moses experienced in the wilderness? This morning, some of you have been experiencing that loneliness in the life. This life has been like a wilderness for you. You are surviving somehow in the desert that you are in today. I want you to imagine about Moses, 40 years of loneliness in the wilderness. Moses entered into the wilderness with an attitude of taking revenge against those who affected the people of God. He wanted to kill and destroy. He was so angry. He was so frustrated. The spirit of murder was inside of him as one who he really loved the power and he really loved the authority. He wanted to do it by force with violence. And it took for a couple of years for him to forgive and forget. The loneliness took care of it. The loneliness did that for him. Nobody could do it. But the loneliness took care of forgiving, of him to forgive his past. Today you are in your loneliness and God is telling you, allow your loneliness to forgive your past. Allow your loneliness to forgive that somebody who did bad things in your life. In those lonely moments, God had to prepare Moses as a great leader. 40 years of loneliness in his life. In your lonely moments, God is shaping you. In your lonely moments, God is making you. You are in your family, but you are living in your loneliness inside of you. You are with your husband, but you are lonely. You are just living in the circle of loneliness. There is a vacuum. There is an emptiness. There is a great void inside of it. That's what God is speaking to you right now. Your lonely moments are the moments that God can shape you and make you what he wants you to be. Moses was not just, by, just called by God one fine morning as he saw the burning bush. That's what we think. But it was not true. His loneliness prepared him all those years for that day when he was called. Your loneliness can help you to define and redefine your calling. This morning I pray that God may help you. Can you imagine Jonah's life? So we're talking about loneliness is not a bad thing at all. 
When you are lonely, face it with joy and face it with an expectation of God doing something in your life. I just mentioned about Jonah. Can you imagine Jonah's life? Three days and nights inside the belly of fish. What kind of loneliness and separation that he would have experienced in his life? He just slipped out of his calling. And God had to redefine his calling right now. And God had to pack him up and send him to Nineveh again. In Jonah 1, God asked him to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. And now again in Jonah chapter 3, that God is again redefining his call to go to Nineveh again. God, to, God had to do it. Take him through the loneliness, the depths of loneliness. And only that loneliness could define or redefine his calling. Today you may not realize what is going on in your life. You had the call of God, but you are not sure what to do. But now you are in the lonely moments in your life. You have everybody around you. You think that people are helping you. You see people helping you, coming on your way, but you don't trust them. You don't believe them because you are living in your loneliness. You don't trust those promises given by men. You don't trust those individuals today that on whom you trusted for many years. Simple reason is you are living in your loneliness. He is with you. He comes to see you. He still speaks to you. But you don't believe him. You don't trust him. Because you are in your loneliness. Can you allow God to define and redefine your calling right now? That's what God did to Moses. That's what God did to Jonah. And that's what God did to many people of God. And finally, your loneliness can enlarge your heart to love others. So loneliness is not a bad thing. Even though God had nothing to do with it, it's not from God. Your loneliness is not a bad thing. God can make use of every bad that is, every evil that is coming in your family. And God can make it into good. Saul was a giant killer. He was a mass murderer. He was a persecutor of the people of God. And he encountered massive encounter, an amazing supernatural encounter with the Lord God. And he went into lonely moments for three days. <coughs> he had to shut his inner eyes. He had to shut his physical eyes for the rest of the world for three days. The lonely moment, the loneliest moments of the life of Saul. Acts chapter 9 verse 8 Bible says, Then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened he saw no one speaking to him but he could hear the voice. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Verse 9, Acts chapter 9. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drink. A rough and tough, hard-hearted man. And his heart was enlarged to love. And his Lord heart was enlarged to become tender and compassionate. To accommodate all kinds of people in those three days of loneliness in his life. Immediately after he took a journey to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Can you imagine such a man going out to preach the gospel to the Gentiles? All kinds of people he's ministered to and he started loving them. Paul loved many churches very much. You know, we read that in the New Testament, especially the church of church in Philippi. He loved the most when he writes to Philippians saying, 
Philippians chapter 2 verses 17 and 18 he says yes and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith I am glad and rejoice with you all Paul is saying I am willing to pour out myself as a sacrifice for you just for you his lonely moments enlarge his heart When Paul writes to Philemon, we read that in Philemon chapter 4, uh, verse 4, we read that, I thank my God, Paul says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayer. Paul's heart was softened by those lonely moments. When he writes to Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, he says, my little children, he was calling them as, can you imagine a murderer such as Paul, Saul, calling the people of God as my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Paul was treating Timothy as his own son, as his beloved son. Your loneliness can enlarge your heart to love and to accommodate others. Your loneliness can help you to understand the importance of people in your life. You will start respecting them. You will start valuing them. You will start with loving them without any condition. Are you going through that lonely moments? Can you allow this morning God to do something in your life? Today, can you imagine the people who are shut inside the doors for months together? Now they understand the importance of others. Your loneliness could do something in your life. Otherwise, it is impossible to happen in your life. And this morning, God is speaking to you. This morning, I was just listening to one of my old friends who is a Muslim man. And he was, you know, feeling very bad because one, one and a half months he has been shut inside the house. All that I could tell him is, I love you. I care for you. I pray for you. I'm there with you. Don't think that you are all alone. There are people around you. You know, there are many lives today. In the coming days, you will see there are many lives that you will come across. Those who are going through lonely times, lonely moments in their lives. So feeling lonely is not a strange thing. Feeling lonely is not a weird thing. We all go through it. And this morning, God has spoken to you. As I conclude right now, I just want to summarize the sermon. Loneliness is not God's choice. Loneliness is not God's choice. Jesus not only understood loneliness, he also destroyed loneliness at the cross. Church, there is no reason why you need to be lonely. Children of God, there is no reason why you need to be lonely. People outside, they feel lonely. People who are living in the world, people who lost their family members, they, if they don't have trust in God, they feel lonely. But church, he has already purchased you. He has already took you. He has already migrated you into the citizenship, into the citizenship of the great nation of heaven. You belong to heaven. You don't belong to this earth anymore. And you are the fellow members of the one household of God. This morning, there is no reason that you need to feel lonely. If you still feel lonely, you can pray against the spirit of loneliness from your life and you can get rid of it this morning. God is loving you. You belong to the family of God. And God is not the reason for loneliness <coughs> because we are living in a fallen world. That world is causing that loneliness and depression to people. And God has given you power. He has empowered you to overcome that loneliness too. 
And we learned loneliness is not a bad thing. Your loneliness can help you to achieve what you want to achieve in your life. Your loneliness can help you to define your calling and redefine your calling. And also your loneliness can broaden your heart so that you will be able to accommodate people who are not of your same nature. You will be able to accommodate all kinds of people. And this morning, more than anything else, Holy Spirit is our helper. If Jesus would have caused loneliness, if God would have caused loneliness, he would not have sent the helper to be with us forever, forever. And this morning God is telling you that God wants to be with you. God wants to help you. You know, I want to read a scripture before I close. Reading from John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17. Before Jesus was taken up into the heavens, this is what he said, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That's what Jesus said, he will abide with you forever. He's talking about the spirit of the spirit of God, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be with you. This morning we are talking about the Holy Spirit. He is with you. And this morning he is right here to revive you. Can we just get into a time of prayer this morning as we close? Just want every one of you to just close your eyes.